0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 19th, 2020. My name is Philip Ross. I'm expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic. The Orlando Magic select Cole Anthony with the 15th pick in the NBA draft. We'll talk about what he brings to the team, why the Magic made this pick, and maybe what they left on the table elsewhere. We'll talk about all the all the aspects of the draft coming up here in just a moment. But Before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on Locked On Podcast Network. There's such a great every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here coming to Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, There's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. No matter what team you want the lowdown on, check it out on the Locked On Podcast Network. Whether it's the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On Podcast. You just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. With the 15th pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Orlando Magic Select... Cole Anthony from the University of North Carolina was a pick that as the night developed became very clear was something that was not just a possibility but a probability that Orlando was going to get one of the many players that many fans felt very comfortable taking. When the 15th pick came around, the Magic actually had a choice of a lot of players that they possibly could have really liked and they centered in on Cole Anthony. A guy who was an all star in high school, uh, top five high school prospect, if not top three, entered the season as in the running to be the top pick in the draft. Uh, I saw like, uh, someone had posted Sam Vicini's uh, of the athletics mock draft from the beginning of the year, and there was Cole Anthony, number one. Guy who averaged 18 points per game at North Carolina, carried that Carolina team. Guess towards meniscus had to have surgery, but came back and still put up some crazy good numbers. While he do, did not have the efficiency or maybe even kind of the passing chops you'd expect for a six foot three point guard, Cole Anthony showed plenty of scoring ability, a willingness to force the issue, to create action. And that's something that, obviously, the Magic really needed. This draft was... In some respects, about turning the page toward the Magic's future to start building up a team for the future, but it was also about giving this roster something it needed, giving this roster and this team something it did not otherwise have. And while yes, you know there is certainly a question about how Cole Anthony and Markelle Fultz might fit together in the long-term future, at the very least for the short term, this gives the Magic. A backup point guard, another point guard option, another ball handler, a creator and someone who can get his own shot, something the Magic really do not have much of, and a guy that can hit pretty confidently from beyond the arc. Cole Anthony seemed to check off all those boxes, and for those looking to that long-term picture, this is a guy, like I said, who was considered to be a top five pick at the beginning of the year, if not the top guy in this draft class. The only thing holding him back was a you know, relatively poor year at North Carolina that maybe deserved a little bit of context or maybe deserved a little bit of a pass. There is a lot to go and get into with this pick. But overall, at the 15th pick, getting a player with this kind of star potential, getting a player that does fill an immediate need for this Magic team, and getting a player who can make this monumental difference. Ultimately, ultimately, that's what the Magic needed to do. We've talked a lot about how this offseason is about beginning to turn the page and look ahead to a brighter future, to start building a team for the future. Cole Anthony does that. He checks off that box. He gives this team, uh, frankly, a potential star. It might be unfair to put that on a 15th overall pick, but... Judging by what Cole Anthony said and his media availability after after uh, he was picked, he puts that pressure on himself, too. He he wants to be that good because it'll make the team that good. Jeff Weltman has a type in, this, in, in his drafting history. It is length, yes, as, as much as he tries to deny it. It is length. But it's also something else. The kind of players, the kind of people that the Magic want to bring in. It's about guys who are going to work hard, have high basketball IQs, are going to be good teammates. Magic aren't taking guys that are selfish. And Cole Anthony developed a little bit of a a reputation of being selfish and a bit of a ball hog at North Carolina, but frankly, that North Carolina team last year was terrible. Even when he was back and healthy, uh, or getting back to being healthy, the Tar Heels weren't winning. Cole Anthony carried a lot of weight for that Carolina team last year. But it's something else. It's something else. A lot of what the Magic have done to this point, especially in the draft, has been to find guys with intangible skills. That that length, you can't teach that. You can't make someone have a longer wingspan. I mentioned when the Magic might have been targeting Kyra Lewis, you can't teach someone to be fast. They feel they can teach you to score. They feel they can teach you to defend. They feel they can teach you the skills they need you to have to be successful in the NBA if you have the right mindset and attitude to get there. And so the the, the enduring story about Cole Anthony and why the Magic eventually took him is he has something intangible about him. He is something that the Magic feel can't be taught. It's going to make the rest of the teaching a lot easier. And that, to them, is the chip on his shoulder, the fight that he has, the passion and the drive that he plays with. They believe that's the intangible skill that will carry him to a successful NBA career and, by extension, carry the magic to a successful tenure with him. It's very easy to think that Cole Anthony has had a lot handed to him. I mean, Obviously, he worked hard to get there, but... You no, know, he was a McDonald All-American, the MVP of that game. He was uh, the MVP of the Nike Hoop Summit. Got, you know, Obviously a guy who was considered a top pick in the draft, went to North Carolina, son of NBA's, NBA, You know, not legend, but NBA veteran and stalwart Greg Anthony. He's, he's, he's been set up for success, and he set himself up for success. But he said this last year was not just merely humbling, but it was, it was a frustrating and difficult year. He had his knee injury, a partially torn meniscus in his right knee that required surgery in December. He had to watch his team struggle and lose in his absence. And then when he came back in February, very little he could do to carry the team forward, but he tried anyway. And and it's that trying, it's that effort that stands out. Cole Anthony was going to be a a lottery pick, he was going to be a first round pick, even if he never came back. He knew he was going, he wasn't staying more than one year. He could have shut down and been done for the year to focus on the draft at that point. Said he came back, fought for his teammates. He said he had a sense of loyalty to his team and his teammates. And he was going to fight for them. That's what the Magic want to hear. That's what the Magic want to see. And again, he was statistically very successful. Shot more efficiently, although not the efficiency he won. I think 34% from beyond the arc, about 42% overall. But about 19 points per game. He upped his scoring average a little bit. Anthony was willing to fight. It's an odd statistic. It's an interesting one. It's actually something I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued about as well because I think Markel Foltz is also very good at this. Cole Anthony had more rebounds than assists. For a guard, for a point guard especially, he is a very good rebounder. And you saw when you watched him at North Carolina the little flashes of his potential stardom how he was able to create space for his own shots, get to the basket whenever he wanted to. Steve Clifford said he lives in the paint. He he wants to go to the paint, he's going to the paint. And then even watching him when he's dialed in defensively, when he's really focused on the defensive end, something that certainly Steve Clifford's going to try and force a little more out of him when he gets to camp in a couple weeks. Cole Anthony had to fight to get here, to get this opportunity, as much as ever anyone else. And what the Magic probably are banking on and like a whole lot more is they think he's going to fight to prove everyone wrong. The quote of the night from Cole Anthony. He told a, told a reporter who asked this question, to be honest, there aren't 14 better players in this draft than me. You can bet that Cole Anthony believes he should be the first pick in the draft. And then by extension, the Magic got a player who thinks he's the first pick in the draft or capable of being the best player in this draft. There are a lot of questions of fit. I want to address some of them coming up here in just a moment. But Cole Anthony... We described him on Orlando Magic Daily as a home run pick. Certainly a big cut. The Magic went for potential. They went for the best player on the board, regardless of position, to be frank. And they think they got it. And Frankly, as, as much as I think fans wanted to see the Magic do more, and we'll talk a little bit about what may or may not have been done. As much as the Magic fans might have wanted to see the Magic do more, they did really well with this pick. They put themselves in a great spot and in a great position to make the most of this draft. We'll talk about where Cole Anthony fits into the Orlando Magic here coming up in just a moment. But first, with the NBA draft done, we do not get the chance to take a breath. We get one day. On tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll talk about what's left for the Magic to do as the off-season gets to kick into overdrive or into a little bit of a deeper drive. Free agency begins Friday night. So actually, I, I lied, tomorrow will not be the first episode First episode of Season 5 of Locked on Magic. It'll, it'll be another episode of Season 4, the final season finale of Locked on Magic, so to speak. It'll be an extravaganza on Friday. No, it won't. Um, but we gotta push through. We gotta get through the wall. And if we're trying to get through the wall, the best way to do so is with Built Go. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. They come in easy-to-take one-and-a-half-ounce packages. You can put them anywhere: your briefcase, your golf bag, your golf bag, your pocket, your, your pocket protector. I don't know what I don't know what people wear anymore. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein, which is fast absorbing and gets into your system fast and it's easy on the stomach. It's also loaded with good stuff to ignite your work like beta alanine, B3 honey, and a kick of caffeine. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order Again, Use promo code LOCKED for twenty percent off at builtgo.com. Let's go. I think one of the the, the first questions that came up after the Magic made this pick, and really one of the questions that was kind of asked me a lot throughout the entire. Draft process was why? Why are the Magic targeting another point guard? Why are the Magic going after uh, ball handlers? Uh, Don't 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 they believe in Markel Fultz? And indeed, like I I saw, I read a lot of national media, a lot of national uh, kind of draft experts say, you know, we're not sure Markel Fultz will ever be a starting point guard. Will ever be the point guard the Magic want? And so, drafting a point guard here is is just smart. And I never quite bought that argument. I think a lot of it is, you know, maybe I'm too close to the team. Maybe they're too far away from the team. There's, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. I expect the Magic to, to try and give Markel Fultz an extension. I think they really do believe in him, and I don't think they have any reason not to after what he did and what he did last year. And and certainly I think there's a hope and a belief that this summer, the season coming up for Markel Fultz is, is going to be the same as if it were uh, the 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 year between the freshman and or the rookie and second year uh, that a player has, which you know, there's usually tremendous growth between those two seasons. So, Fultz played his first full season. Now he had an off season, you know, again as abbreviated and as strange as it was, uh, to work and improve his skill. And now he's coming back and, and playing another year. So, this is a big year, for, obviously, for Marco Fultz one way or another. But it isn't. It, it, it isn't safe to assume that the Magic drafting another point guard, another uh, kind of ball dominant guard, or another ball handling guard essentially means that they're giving up on him or that they don't fit together. That, frankly, eh, I, I don't think that's true. We're, we're in a new age in the NBA. We're, we're in a new era of the NBA or different, or way uh, the way the league is being played right now ha- is changing pretty dramatically. The Magic are right. The Magic are 100% right in the things that they're focusing on, in in the things that they're trying to build around. Building a team based on versatility, on guys who switch defensively with all the three-point shooting, is smart. Trying to keep people out of the paint so you don't have to double, so you can close out quicker, so you can challenge three-point shots. That is the right idea. That, That there is method to this madness. But it's not just about defensive versatility. It's about offensive versatility, too. You want to have guys, multiple guys, who can do a lot of things. And I think what we're seeing around the league or starting to see a little bit more around the league are lineups with multiple ball handlers. The Raptors run Kyle Lowry and Fred VanVleet, and that feels like a small backcourt. But it works. Teams have to account for two guys who can run pick and rolls at a very high level. You know, you look at Portland with C.J. McCollum and and Damian Lillard. Both are pretty solid ball handlers. You know, Denver with Jamal Murray, and and they run a lot of offense through Nikola Jokic. They get their point guards off the ball a little bit. Even here in Orlando, a lot of fans complained about those two point guard lineups with Michael Carter-Williams and D.J. Augustine or uh, D.J. Augustine and Markel Fultz or Michael Carter-Williams and Markel Fultz. But there was evidence to suggest that, you know, as long as one of those two guys could shoot... Those lineups were very successful. The Magic had multiple guys who could push the ball up the court and make good decisions in transition. They had multiple guys who could initiate and run the offense. And when things broke down, they had multiple guys who could turn to to get them back on track again. This is the way the NBA is going. A lot of people are focused on the three-point shooting, and, and that's a big part of it. But it's really about positional versatility. It's really about role versatility. It's about skill versatility. It's about being able to put your five best guys on the floor and position not matter that much. How many times have someone asked, you know, is Jonathan Isaac a three or a four, or is Aaron Gordon a three or four, and the answer is simply, does it matter? Threes and fours in this league today do essentially the same things. There's no distinction between the two. And there's becoming less of a distinction between twos and threes. Really, what's beginning to get carved out more and more is the need for guys who can create and initiate offense for others. Being able to kick out, reset, and go again. All so seamlessly. Evan Fournier, the one thing that he is very good at is attacking closeouts. To attack closeouts... You need someone to get in the paint first to create that space for them. So if you run a lineup out there with, you know, Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, Evan Fournier, let's say Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic, yes, the the shooting is still an issue. I'm I'm not ignoring that. But now you have Cole Anthony able to get in the paint and cause the defense to collapse to kick out to an open Evan Fournier or to an open Nikola Vucevic or to an open Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon's a much better open three-point shooter, obviously. Or kick out to Markel Fultz to drive again, to start it all over again, to, to get that defense to collapse. This is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the fit is perfect. Those Markel Fultz lineups with two, with two guards only worked when it was DJ Augustine. And almost certainly... Drafting Cole Anthony means that the Magic understand or or acknowledge that D.J. Augustine is not likely returning. And I I think that's that's a pretty fair assumption to make, that D.J. Augustine will not be back next year. I'm sure the Magic would like Michael Carter-Williams back, but again, the Magic essentially used Michael Carter-Williams in the role they're probably envisioning for Cole Anthony, where he was a secondary creator, where he was a secondary ball handler on the floor, and the Magic could count on having him be able to handle the ball and let D.J. Augustine work off the ball a little bit so they could take advantage of his shooting a little bit more. Certainly with Carter Williams, it was also about picking up the team's pace, which Carter Williams did uh, a much better job of than Augustine. But again, the the fit is not perfect. It is still yet to be determined what Anthony's uh, shooting ability really will be at the NBA level, uh, and whether he'll be a good enough playmaker to take over a a kind of full-time ball-handling duty or to be a full-time ball handler or a starting caliber ball handler and playmaker. These are all fair questions to ask. The Magic, though, didn't just draft Cole Anthony to be backup point guard. They took a swing here. They wanted to hit a home run. They wanted to hit it out of the park and get a guy with star potential. They almost certainly believe Cole Anthony can one day be their starter at guard. What position though is not what's important. They believe I would imagine that he can start next to Marco Foltz one day or the other or another. And that's okay. We'll determine whether this all fits together when we get out on the court. It's Not right, though, to dismiss it hat out of hand. The league is changing. Positions don't mean what they used to mean. And so in this case, and Steve Clifford's proven this, he will put his five best players out on the floor. He will try and get the most out of his best players. And and the only way you can do that is if guys can do multiple things. If guys can have varied skill sets if they can guard multiple positions. And that's what the magic hope Cole Anthony can do. Obviously, there is still a lot to do in the offseason. We will talk about more of that tomorrow. But for now, we'll talk about the opportunities that were missed, perhaps, on draft night. Certainly, though, this was not... Completely the night that the Magic or Magic fans wanted to have. I would still say this was at least an A-minus draft. I think the Magic accomplished a goal and and did some good things. And and considering what was left to them on the board at 15, the Magic did really, really well. They took the guy that was, you know, if not the top of my board, then second on my board. So I'm personally very happy with how the Magic did. I think the Magic had a very, very good night. They obviously, uh, you know, I didn't mention it here, but they traded the 45th pick to the Milwaukee Bucks for two future second-round picks, the rationale being uh, that there simply aren't enough roster spots for uh, another rookie to come in. Of course, the Magic also bringing in rookie Chuma Okiki, so they've already got two rookies to deal with. They they maybe didn't want to deal with another one, um, so maybe strike that on the ledger of Jeff Weltman not maximizing second-round picks or, or, or anything like that, but... It, it it does suggest something else. It does suggest that the Magic do feel their roster is perhaps closer to completion than a lot of other people might think. Um, and perhaps it does signal that the Magic are not going to be able or are not going to uh, make the kind of big moves that, that I think a lot of us expected. Like I said, really the goal for this offseason is to begin the process of turning this team toward its future to begin the process of making this team what it ultimately will become regardless of what that is and again it's it, it doesn't have to be completely clear the the whole picture doesn't have to be apparent but every player the magic acquire or, or, or target this se- this offseason and really moving forward for for the next year or two has to be done with an eye of this is what this team will look like this is what the team will ultimately be. That stuff's important. So Cole Anthony fits into that picture. He fits into that puzzle. He's someone that the Magic, I think, ultimately believe will be a big factor or a big piece of this team's puzzle. It's a good thing. Not a bad thing. That's a good thing. But I do think that it does also mean that the Magic have to start flipping the page and turning over to what's next begin moving some of these veterans, such as, yes, Evan Forney, Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, who may not fit this team's long-term vision. Now, I I think that on most most nights that this would have been a time to do that. There's an opportunity perhaps to trade up in the draft to go get a player that you really like, and maybe that's when you make this kind of a deal. Pretty clearly, those deals do not present themselves. Um, I, I'll say from my experience when I was doing the locked-on NBA mock draft, I was trying to trade up to make sure I got certain players. Players that were indeed taken ahead of the Magic this time around, like Devin Vassell or Aaron Nismith or Killian Hayes or Tyrese Halliburton, who surprisingly dropped in, in, into to 11. There were players I was willing to trade up to get, but I didn't find many takers. And I'm, I'm curious if Jeff Weltman had perhaps the same experience where he was unable to move up. Um, with the assets that he had available to him. The Magic were never going to make a trade just to make a trade. I, I hammered this point home to a lot of people. Every deal the Magic make must have purpose. Sometimes that purpose might simply be to be to free up playing time or free up a bigger role for other players on the roster, but frankly, the Magic aren't at that stage with anyone. Markel Fultz will be the starter. He will have a ton of responsibility this year. Uh, in a way that he probably didn't last year. Um, Mo Bamba is not ready to start. Jonathan Isaac's on the bench, so Aaron Gordon suddenly does feel very important. The Magic are not going to tank. That's not in their DNA. That's not what they're about as an organization anymore. And so they want to compete in the 2021 season. We can't sit here and say... That the Magic missed opportunities or the Magic should have done this deal because we don't know what was on the table. We don't know what opportunities were there or what opportunities were missed. But in a time, in a moment where we do expect the Magic to begin fishing for change, to begin fishing to do something different, to mix up this roster where there was a rumor going around that the Magic were willing to trade an Evan Fournier or an Aaron Gordon to get younger. Those opportunities did not present themselves and the Magic did not pull the trigger. It is, yes, it is looking likely the Magic might enter next season with very much the same roster, adding perhaps a player, adding, you know, probably a small forward using the MLE or splitting the MLE to get a third ball handler to replace Michael Carter Williams along with a small forward that they feel comfortable putting into the starting lineup. These. These are considerations the Magic are going to have, um, are going to have, and that's that's really what's next on the horizon is, is filling these these short term positional needs. Hopefully, doing so with a player that the Magic believe in in the, a little bit for the long term, or, or else also doesn't handicap them. But the Magic didn't get any didn't get those kind of bigger picture issues done. And so if you want to dock the Magic a letter grade or half letter grade for that, that is perfectly all right. The draft is a night where there is moving and shaking. Perhaps the Magic are going to be monitoring what's going on in Golden State with the injury to Klay Thompson because Evan Fournier's contract fits perfectly into that trade exception the Warriors have sitting there. Might be actually $100,000 more, which the Magic might have to figure out how to work around, but I would suspect that the Magic and Warriors are not done being dance partners or potential trade partners, even with the second pick now accounted for. And I don't know if the Magic would do that deal. I think they would want something more in return. Because the Magic need Evan Fournier shooting. It's tricky. And I think the conditions of this season are making it even more tricky. Where The Magic are probably going to be a little bit hesitant to make massive changes with training camps starting in two weeks or, or practices starting in two weeks for the regular season. There's already enough to do to integrate Chumo, Kiki, and now Cole Anthony into the mix. So the Magic didn't maybe accomplish all their goals, or all the goals certainly some fans wanted them to do. The Magic did get one of their goals done. And frankly, considering the talent that the Magic brought onto the roster, even though there's potential that it could bust, and I'm not saying Cole Anthony is going to be a runaway hit, But with the potential the Magic had brought onto the roster, I think we still have to consider this a very successful night. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, TuneIn, Himaly, google Play, Spotify, and all the places to download the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at underscore omd And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Magic. We'll take a look at what's next for the Orlando Magic, what they still have to do. There's still a little bit. I previewed it here today, but we'll talk a bit about that a little bit more tomorrow. But until then, for Orlando Magic dealing Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.